All right, welcome to another live edition of the Patriot Nation podcast. As always, your boy Pat Lane here with Matt St. Jean. Matt, we are approaching the end of preseason football. It feels pretty good. I'm ready for the uh, regular season. I'm ready for the end of speculation for us to talk <laughs> about something where wins and losses actually matter. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. 100%. And that's and honestly like just get me to the get me to the regular season at this point. There's been so much and we'll talk about, you know, some of the stuff that's going on. You know, we'll talk about kind of what's going on, but uh mm-hmm. but man, it is rough. So we're going to go through just to give you guys a little breakdown of the of the uh of the episode, we're going to do a little positional battles, okay? And then we're going to do a little preview of Friday night's game. We still don't know if starters are, are playing in Friday night's game or not, but you know, we'll do a little bit of a preview there and uh and then we'll kind of go from there. Now, before we do that though, Matt doesn't know I'm going to do this, but before we do that, though, make a little announcement, a little Patriot Nation announcement, a little Pat's Pulpit announcement. Matt is officially staying on as the official co-host of the Patriot Nation podcast. So this is it. These are the two guys right here, Pat Lane, Matt. It's going to be dope. I'm excited. So, yeah, this is, this the, is the first roster battle right here. I made I made the 53. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. See? Made the roster. So... Uh, so it's great. So, Just waiting um, for the game checks to start coming in. Ah, uh, man, those are nice. <laughs> you know what I mean? Those are nice. <laughs> I can't Very say. excited it's to be not, here. It's not as big as PMT, you know, get paid 75 grand an episode. But uh, but we do okay. We do okay. I'll take 75 cents. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, so, but anyways. So, yeah, so that's that. So I wanted to, wanted to let everyone know that before we get started today. Um, but uh, but well-deserved. Well-deserved. And it was fun. It's, you know, of course... I had two great hosts, uh, you know, started off with Spags. He was awesome. And then, of course, bring in Keegan, and he was fantastic. And the three of us kind of were going all year last year, and that was great. And then Keegan, of course, goes to Nesson. Spags is at CLNS now and doing some other things. And so, like, so there was an opening. Matt jumped in. Already knew him from the Skull Show. You know, Mark Schofield hooking yeah. it up. And uh, yeah, it's got, all worked out, you know? Yeah, you got to give the shout-out over there to Mark Schofield. I would not be be here without <laughs> having dm'd him one random day in the summer in like 2018 to ask to join the uh slack channel over there yep yep it's good stuff so <laughs> but uh but anyways all right let's get into let's get into positional battles let's talk about some patriots football here uh and man there's there's some good ones uh the first one i'm gonna start on the easy end and i guess we okay. can kind of do maybe we'll do offense and then we'll go to defense right i'm gonna start on the easy one and we're gonna go Devin Asiasi versus Lil John Humphrey. I feel like Lil John is so much more fun than Lil Jordan, but Lil Jordan Humphrey, uh, I mean, I don't see how this one's even close, to be completely honest with you. And I know Humphrey can be wide receiver, tight end. We're not really sure, but, like, who the hell wants to keep Devin Asiasi on this team, period? Certainly not over Lil Jordan Humphrey, who's who, you know, has had, has, has done some really, really nice things in the preseason and has been open pretty much all camp. Yeah, and it's, I mean, especially now with Tyquan Thornton being injured, and mm-hmm. he's going to land on the 53 and then immediately get put on IR, which means there's kind of one extra spot from what we were talking about the last time we're looking at stuff. Humphrey's outplayed Asiasi. Like you said, he's got receiver and tight end versatility. He's probably a better blocker, which is insane to say. Yeah. And also, I mean, Humphrey has been in the NFL before. Asiasi has not really been. An NFL player at this point, he hasn't proved that, which means only one of these guys has a chance to get through to the practice squad, probably. Right. Um, if you even want to put Asiasi there, I don't think Humphrey is getting through. So this is a pretty easy battle, unless something changes, unless Asiasi goes for 200 yards and a pair of touchdowns tomorrow night. Right. This is Humphrey's battle. 
It's a good point. It's a good point. So, yeah, I agree. And, uh, you know, Matt mentioned this. We'll, we'll talk about this. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit, but about who makes the initial 50, uh, 53 man. Because as people have pointed out, right, and as people have talked about, and we'll, we'll talk about this because I think this is important as well, mm-hmm. the end of the roster receivers, right? And so one person, at least one person, is going to miss out on the roster because Tyquan Thornton has to be on the initial 53, in order to be able to to be eligible to come back from IR, okay? So he's got to get through the 53-man roster. He has to be on the initial 53-man roster in order to be able to, to come off of IR at some point. And so he's obviously going to be on the initial roster, and so you want him around this year, so he has to get through that 53 cut down. So the question is, of course, yeah. someone's going to get cut, right? And so and we could talk about the different players that, that might get cut, but the end of the roster here, we're talking about Trey Nixon. I mean... Mm-hmm. Come on now, you know who you know how I feel about that. But Christian Wilkinson, and then you know yeah. we could throw a little Jordan Humphrey in there too. But and, and Josh Hammond, who I think is there's no shot he makes this team. Um, but nevertheless, yeah, I think Hammond has been fine. I think Hammond has been better than some of the uh, last receiver on the roster types they've had in the past. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think I think Wilkerson would probably be the next guy up if healthy. I don't think we know his stats. He hasn't practiced since taking that hit against Carolina, correct? Right. He has not, no. Which side did you see that video of the hit he took? I did not. Was it nasty? It's it's worse than it was described. It was dirty. You can see the guy seek him out, go <sighs> helmet up into the jaw and then flexing over him. Which I don't know, somebody leaked what looked like basically all twenty two footage from training camp, like a cell phone video of that. Yeah. So I, I don't know who who got that out there. Uh, somebody's getting in trouble for that one. But yeah, I think Wilkerson's the guy. And I, this is also kind of a question of just how many do they want to keep? Do they want to keep anybody from this group? Right. Because you get you get to the last three guys on the roster and it might not be Nixon versus Wilkerson. It might be one of those guys versus LeBron Ray. Right. And you're keeping we'll one of them. And you just, yeah. And it's all right. Yeah. Which one of these guys might give us something on the active roster? Which one of these guys do we think we can't get through to the practice squad or just which yep. one do we think has more upside? Right. Um, I think it's going to be tough for some of these receivers, especially because they've lasted on the practice squad for so long. I think they can go back there. I don't think they need to keep a massive number of receivers, especially if Thornton will come back in right. four, eight weeks, whatever it is. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, if Humphrey makes the team, which it seems it's certainly trending in that direction, certainly, right? So we let's assume that Humphrey makes the team. If that's the case, now you look at it and say, okay, do I do I love Wilkerson? Do I have to have him on this team? Yeah, he's okay. But, like, it's not like I have to, you know, I'm missing out, like you mentioned, and we'll talk about a few other guys on the defensive side of the football that, like, you might not be able to cut some of these UDFAs or, you know, or late round draft picks and get them back. Whereas in other years, you might have been able to. But then you also look at it and say, okay, fine. Uh, but, you know, who's going to get these guys, right? Chris Wilkerson, he's probably not going to get claimed. He might, but if he does, he does. Trey Nixon, yeah. I love him. I think he, I still think that he has, he has potential to be that kind of slot guy. Um, but is he going to get claimed if you, if you cut him? Probably not. Right. Probably not. Maybe. I mean, maybe blows up for, you know, three touchdowns and, and 200 yards on tomorrow night. I don't know. Right. But like chances are he's going to be able to get to the practice squad. So you can keep him on the team if yeah. he doesn't make the initial 53. Right. And with some of these guys you can't do. And so that to me, that's one of those things where like, you know, 
I I really think that. So we'll start. We'll start to see kind of what happens there, but but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Yeah, and obviously I think there's a scenario here where let's say they like Wilkerson and there's something going on with the injury. He makes the 53 like Thornton and gets put on injured exactly. reserve so they can right. bring him back later if they want to. Right, and then maybe you turn around and, and then Trey Nixon gets gets elevated from the practice squad right away or something like that. You know what I mean? Like if that's the last yeah. guy on your roster and you need another one, another wide receiver, you know? And if we're talking the last guys, uh, who somebody put out a roster preview in the last week that talked about cutting Nick Folk. And Nick Falk putting him on the practice squad and elevating right. him like they did at the beginning of last year. Which so they can certainly essentially do. Essentially yep. an extra roster spot. <laughs> right. No, it's a good point, right? And because you only have to get through that original 53, right? And yeah. so as long as he's on the roster of the first game, his game check is fine. So I think Nick Falk would, wouldn't be very happy about it if he stayed on the, on the, on the practice squad and then got called up kind of like he did last year. But if you, if you stick him on the roster on the practice squad now – and you say, look, we're going to bring you right back up. We just, we just need that extra spot, right? I think that's a, that's a good idea. So, yeah. uh, one last guy is this guy right here, Brian Hoyer. And so, look, I get it. I get, I understand what his contract looks like. I know what's guaranteed. I, I understand all of that stuff. But like, I mean, we see what Bailey Zappi can do out there. Like, why do we need Brian Hoyer? Like, what we're wasting a roster spot on a backup quarterback, right? Now, does that mean he goes on IR? Like. Whatever, dude, make up an injury. Throw him an IR. He guarantees his contract. Like he doesn't play. He's not gonna play anyways. Like I don't. I, you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know. Does it? Yeah. And it's, I'm still scarred from. I, we talked about this last week too. Scarred from that Kansas City game. I mean, right. What Hoyer is supposed to give you is a decent floor guy who knows the offense and isn't gonna do dumb stuff. Although he's not gonna push it down the field. And I don't even know if we can trust him to do that. Um, Zappy right. has shown a lot. I think from a pure roster construction perspective you keep two quarterbacks and have it be Mac and Zappy. Right. It's only the contract part that gets in the way. Yeah. And they have the they have the cap space to absorb that if they want to, especially if they end up dealing away a guy like Isaiah Wynn, which there's rumors swirling right. about. If you free up an extra 10 million losing three to get the extra roster spot with Hoyer is not the end of the world. But Yeah. And you could also, like I say, I mean, the 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 option might be put him on IR. Right. So he's on IR for the year and he's done, you know, so he sticks around play, you know, he's around the locker room and everything like that. And you go from there. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. So could, I mean, it could end up like, you know, like Malcolm Butler's did where he goes to IR and then they do a contract buyout, right. They do a, an injury, yeah. an injury settlement with them afterwards. Right. So it's funny. Cause I wonder how those injury settlements work. Like can now Butler theoretically now could Butler go to another team. And if he passes the physical like play, I just, I don't know how that works. Some of the, I know the settlement has to do with the severity of the injury too, and like how much of the contract they have to buy out, how long he's supposed to be out. Which, right? Do we? What was the injury there? It, it did a, seem supposedly a little... it was a hip injury. Supposedly in the in the preseason game, that's yeah, what that's what the played, Patriots said. Which he played one full series. I mean, both. It's it's odd in that I think he, Jawan, and Tyquan Thornton all probably played after whatever their injuries were. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. So, yeah. So we'll see. But anyways, all right, let's go to uh let's go to the defensive side of the ball. We have there's to me, this is where really the meat is anyone else on the offensive side you want to talk about? Running backs, I feel like I feel like it's pretty clear that a four and four running backs are gonna make the team, right? I feel like JJ's I think done. there's a chance I think there's a chance for five, depending on if they want right. to keep both rookies. Um, and if 
they just think JJ has earned a roster spot. I mean, Taylor over Kevin Harris isn't something crazy. I don't think it'll happen, but yeah. I can understand why they would want it. Taylor's and he's an NFL player. You know what you're getting out of him, right? I also I just think too, like I don't think I don't think Harris makes the makes the initial fifty three. In my opinion, I don't know if he's gonna get gonna get claimed by anyone. I think he can sneak on sneak onto the practice squad. Now, maybe not, but you know he hasn't shown a ton. And he had some, he had a he had a nice explosive yeah. run last week, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And he could be I, their fifth, or like you say, Taylor could be their fifth too. I think Harris has actually been better than Strong. It's just part of its draft pedigree too, and it's right. the it's the type of player with how the offensive line has looked. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I, that, I, you know, that's so that bruising guy. And that's one of those again. You're looking at the bottom three, and it's are do they want Kevin Harris or do they want to keep Trey Nixon or Christian Wilkerson? In either scenario, the guy's probably not active on game day either way. Right, right. Yep. So that's so uh, we'll see. But uh, all right, defensive side of the football, Cam McGrone, Jelani Tavai. I just like <laughs> you said it before that like somebody said, I think we say Zach Hawks. You thought that like yeah. that Jelani Tavai is like basically a lock for the for the roster, and I just don't. I just don't get it. Why in the world would you ever keep? I just doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Make it make sense, it's, Matt. Make it make sense, please. The, the argument is this: for the first time in a long time, the Patriots are actually light at linebacker. Outside of Bentley, all these guys are smaller than who they usually put out there. And if you want to have one other linebacker with any size who's very physical downhill, has good instincts, can play off the line of scrimmage, Tavai is your guy. The problem is. He's probably getting five or ten snaps a game max on defense. Most of those are going to be short yardage situations, especially if you're playing my if he's playing a lot when they go down to Miami week one, if he makes the roster, something's off because you can't have Bentley and Tavai in the middle of the field with those receivers running crossers and Gasicki going up the seam. You're going to get absolutely torn apart. He has value. He does play a lot of special teams. I will give Tavai that he's good there. Um, and the other thing that would give Tavai the upper hand in this is McGrone is still more of an unknown, mm-hmm. and they can probably put him on the practice squad. They could probably put either of them there, to be fair. But yeah, that that uh, is my argument in favor of Tavai. I would keep McGrone. Honestly, I would be okay without with keeping neither of them too. I was gonna say I would rather keep neither of them than than Tavai. If you if you <laughs> made me choose, you can keep McGrone. You know, you can keep Tavai or you can keep neither. I'd be like, no, I just, I don't care. Cut them both. Like McGrone's been fine, but he, he's an unknown and you could theoretically sneak him on. Now, maybe you can't sneak him on the practice squad, but I think you could sneak him onto that practice squad. Uh, Cause you haven't really seen anything from him. Right. So um, I did, well, so I think in the last preseason game, we saw a little bit more from him late. I thought he made one or two plays yeah. later in that game. So, I mean, this guy still hasn't, he hasn't played a lot of football in a long time. He's, right. I think he's still finding his groove again. So that's, I mean, you want to talk about the preseason game. This is one of those battles where they're they're both going to get playing time. Yes. And both going to play the same position. This is one of those where this game could determine which one of them, if either of them makes the roster. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And that's going to be, it's a good point. So we'll see kind of how that, how that plays out. All right, let's go to the, let's go to the defensive line. And I, I kind of threw a third guy on here as well. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Henry Anderson, LeBron Ray, who you mentioned, and Demarcus Mitchell. Now, the other guy that that isn't on here is Sam Roberts, 
he's another young guy right now. He's a, he's not a UDFA as Ray and Mitchell are, but you know, a six round draft pick from D two. Um, those three guys give you so much upside. I think I've, we've seen a lot from them. Of course, Mitchell has the, has the strip sack in the end zone to end the game. Sam Roberts recovers the fumble. Uh, LeBron Ray has shown you that has given you the least upside as far as rushing the passer, but he's been very good against the run and he's played all over the line, whether it was head up on the nose or the three technique or the five technique, like he's done everything. And so I've been very impressed. And I think we've heard good things about Ray from camp too, that we maybe haven't seen in the preseason games, but are probably still impressing the coaches. Honestly, I I don't, Anderson hasn't been a flashy player, but I think he has been, solid i don't know how much yeah. playing time he would see i don't know if he'd make the active roster a game day roster uh but he's a solid run defender and i think you could also throw one more guy on here and that's lawrence guy and you might have five guys here vying for two maybe three roster spots and the safe option is you keep guy and anderson two veterans who you kind of know what you're getting and maybe take one of the others uh but i think uh, Demarcus Mitchell is interesting as a pass rusher. He plays a lot of special teams for yeah. them, which could be his ticket to get on. I mean, Henry Anderson is probably a better player than Demarcus Mitchell, but he basically he does everything Dietrich Wise does a little bit worse, and he doesn't pack that same power as pass rusher. And he doesn't you're not going to get that impact from him on special teams. Demarcus Mitchell, you know that he'll actually be on the game day roster and make some kind of an impact. So, right, good point. Yeah, and Ray with versatility, Sam. I mean, it's you got three young guys with upside and versatility, and right. two guys where you know what you're getting in the veterans. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, the the no. Patriots are having this this problem that they've had in the past, where you know you have a plethora of young talent. That's a good word, plethora. A plethora of young talent at a position, and now you're looking at it, look, saying, okay, well, do we cut Ray? Do we cut Roberts? Do we cut Mitchell? And Team Crazy Matt talked about Carl Davis. Do we cut Carl Davis? Do we cut Henry Anderson? Yeah, it's another. Do we cut Lawrence Guy? Like, you know, like these are the questions that you have to figure out. And you have a ton of talent there, right? And so, not to mention that doesn't even we're not even talking about Christian Barmore because he's, I mean, clearly going to be on the roster. But like, you're talking about the young talent that you have along the defensive line, and it is there's it's it's big. There's a ton of it there, right? And so, yeah. Not to mention Penny Jennings has, has shown up, and I know he's been more a little bit more of a linebacker, but he's played well on the edge too. So it's like these kind of front these front seven players, you went from having no depth to having a ton of depth, right? And so um it is gonna be interesting to see how that kind of shakes out. I have no idea how the hell they're gonna do it. I think they might just keep all of them, to be honest with you. Like it's just how the hell do you get rid of these guys? You know? Yeah. And it's I mean, I think the I I think you know your your three starters are Wise, Godshaw, and Barmore. Right behind that, who knows what they're gonna do? They also played uh, for for the first time in a while. We saw them play three defensive linemen with four linebackers starting right. off that last preseason game. If you're only gonna play three defensive linemen, maybe they're just gonna keep less of these guys, and they're gonna keep more of these linebackers. Maybe they keep McGrone and Tavai, and they end up cutting. A lot of these guys we're talking about right now because they think we're going to play more linebackers this year and you can do more with them. I have no idea. I think there's a lot of different ways you can go with this. It is an area where I trust Belichick. It might be the area where I trust Belichick the most to make his evaluations. Um, Me too, and I would freaking hate that, dude. 
<laughs> I would hate that so much. Jelani Tavai over, you know, whether it be Demarcus Mitchell or Sam Roberts or even LeBron Ray. It's like, man, come on, dude. What are we doing here? But yeah. it's one know. of those. I wish we had all twenty-two film access for the preseason. You can't. You can't even do like. Defensive right. line too is so tough to do from yeah. the television angle to figure out what's going but on. But you just you see some of the explosion and and it's against yeah. it's against lesser competition. I get that, but like you see some of the explosion and some of the get off and some of the moves that you see from these guys. You're like, man, these guys are good. The, they can get the way they the can whole, get there. You know, the whole group dominated Carolina's backups. Yeah, all through the whole second half, and it's just, I mean. You got it. I feel like you have to keep at least one of the young guys. Right. Right. You got to. You got to. Because you can't have that much depth at a position and young depth at that and then lose it all. You just, you can't. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm hoping that a few of them make the roster. Uh, but we'll see. So, and, and hey, it's, they're going to have opportunities. I mean, these guys are probably going to be playing a lot tomorrow night, which right. means that's very one true. Of them, one of them has a good game. One of them makes a splash play. If you see somebody force another fumble, that could be the difference between being on the roster and not. That's true. Very true. Uh, all right. Last one. We said the best one for last. I think the most intriguing one, maybe not the most intriguing one, but one that I like a lot. Terrence Mitchell, Sean Wade. Of course, Sean Wade was a rookie last year. They traded um, traded to Baltimore. He never played. Um, traded him from Baltimore, I'm sure, or acquired him from Baltimore. And then Mitchell, you know, has been around been around the league a while. Free and signed, and then everyone kind of poo-pooed right away when they signed him. And then he got on the field, and people were like, oh, this kid's pretty good. Um, and now it just, it kind of seems like this is the positional battle, right? Cause you got the, you know, the, you know, the people in front of them, right? You know, Jalen Mills is there, you know, Marcus Jones is there, you know, Jack Jones is there, right? Uh, you know, Jonathan Jones is there. So now you're looking at it. Are you going to keep six corners? Like probably not. Right. Cause there's no one else there. I'm not forgetting anyone. Right. Um, well, there's Justin you, Bethel. If you're, if yeah, you're counting Jesus him as a corner, Christ, get the hell out of here. We, we have to stop with this anyways. <laughs> I don't, I'll get off my soapbox, but I just, I can't stand it when we have like Justin, but that was fine, but like, and he's elite. So that's fine. But like him and Slater are your special teams guys. Don't be keeping Cody Davis. Don't be keeping You don't need 12. Special gotta, teams guys. We got to keep Brendan schooler. He's a lock. Yes. Okay, fine. But, but he's the other one. So like, so Cody Davis comes out, schooler goes in because he takes that role basically. Right. He becomes that. Six safety on the roster who's really just a special teams guy, right? Fine. That's fine. At least he's young. And so maybe he'll somehow turn into an actual defensive player as well. But nevertheless. So then, okay, you got those four. And now it's between Wade and Mitchell for your fifth corner, right? And I think this is this is an intriguing battle. I think Sean Wade's played really well, um, you know, it, with limited time. He's played pretty well. And so, yeah. but Mitchell's played well too. Like, so then it's like, now, how do you choose between the two? It's going to be very interesting to see uh, to see where they go here. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm old enough to remember when we were talking about Terrence Mitchell versus Malcolm Butler as the the outside yeah. corners at one point in camp. Before uh, back when Mills was still injured, it seems like a lot has changed since then. Uh, Mitchell, I think, I mean, he gives you upside. I really like him as a run defender. He's got that peanut punch, a little bit of that Charles Tillman in, in him when he's going after the ball, which is valuable. And but this, I think Sean Wade gives you more upside. He's, right. he's got a little bit of a ball hawk in him. Um, unfortunately, that that also happens on special teams where he's running into his own guys, so you got to clean that up. Um, yeah, not great, yeah. And that's where you talk about special teamers only. This is where this roster can get more versatile. As if you some of these bottom of the roster guys can contribute there, I wouldn't be surprised to see them keep Wade over Mitchell because they think he can give them more 
on special teams. I know they didn't like the way the unit performed last year. Uh, they lost Brandon King. They lost Brandon Bolden. Both Brandons that played special teams last yeah. year. So you got an opportunity to kind of refresh some of those guys, get some new blood in there. I'm taking Wade in this one. As of right now, with everything we've seen, I would take Sean Wade. And I, I liked him coming out of college, too. He was a guy Me too. I went back recently in on uh, the draft network. I was doing mock drafts the year he came out. And my first mock in September or October or whatever, way before the draft, I had Pat's taken Sean Wade in like the first round. Yeah, that's that's where his stock was at that point. Yeah, it was. I, he was he was one of the best corners in the league, and then he had, he had a rough final year. They, I don't know if it was junior year or senior him, year, but they switched him from a slot corner to an outside corner. If I'm remembering yep. correctly, yeah, year hundred percent couldn't adjust. But then he played the preseason with Baltimore, and according to PFF, was the best corner in the NFL during the preseason playing outside. He's played outside New England. It seems like Ohio State shifted him, and it took him a little bit to figure it out, and now he's starting to figure it out. I don't know if he'll be a lockdown guy, but he and Jack Jones as your depth option seem like pretty good ball hawks to have as backups. Yep, I agree. If it, if it, if it matters to anyone, my dad is texting me now saying that it's Mitzel with Wade with Wade on the practice squad. I don't know if Wade makes the practice squad, to be honest with you. And I think, you know, someone mentioned it earlier, like Cravon LeBlanc is a guy that was a, was a UDFA for the Patriots, played well in the preseason, had that ridiculous one-handed backhand mm-hmm. interception in the end zone. And they tried to sneak him on the practice squad and he got claimed by the Bears and ended up starting for the Bears. And, you know, he, he flamed out. He didn't. He only played a few years. But still, he was a contributor and a starter for the Bears that year as a rookie yeah. uh, and do for like two where, or three years. So, Do you know where Cravon Blanc was uh, most recently? In New England. No, was he was with the Raiders. He, he uh, got cut yeah. by the Raiders the same day they cut Kenyon Drake right before joint practices. You're right. But didn't the Patriots bring him back in? I think the Patriots brought him back in, yeah. too, and cut him. Maybe. I think they brought him in for like um, for spring practices or something like that. But that anyways, sense. regardless, so you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I think it's yeah. the special teams thing is true because they need guys that can do both. Yes, you can be a contributor. Can you also contribute on special teams, right? And yeah. Team Crazy Matt mentioned him, and I left him off the off the list, and I shouldn't have. But Miles Bryant has been a guy that has been willing to do everything. He's been back returning punts, you know. And look, he would look. The last time you guys saw him, he was getting smoked over the field by, by you know, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. He can't do that. He can't cover Isaiah McKenzie one-on-one. We can't ask him to do that. He just can't. But, like, he's a decent slot corner. He's decent. He's not great, but he's not bad. And so, and like, a he's a guy that, you know, and if he's willing to do whatever and play special teams stuff, he's a guy that, that has a shot to make the roster, too. Yeah, and he's, uh, I mean, a lot of that in Buffalo, too, was scheme issue and not so much Bryant. He's a fine player. Uh, they've, according to everybody, I mean, he was repping with the ones this week in joint practices. It seems like the starting unit they're going to go with is Jonathan Jones, Miles Bryant, and Jalen Mills, which I have question marks about. But you can do worse as a secondary, right? Uh, which I think it says a lot that a week ago we were talking about is Marcus Jones on the roster, and ever since that, not Marcus, Miles Bryant, yeah, since, Miles Bryant's been repping with the ones ever since we had that conversation. Well, which is fascinating because, you know, Marcus Jones, you kind of said it almost mistakenly, but Marcus Jones, the guy who didn't play in the first preseason game, was like was repping with the ones basically since the spring. And now all of a sudden it seems like he's been leapfrogged by Miles Bryant. And and it it hasn't like at least from what I've heard in teams, you know, 11 on 11 and seven on seven, it's not like 
Bryant's outplaying Jones significantly. I don't really know what happened. All of a sudden, like Marcus Jones isn't returning punts for you. Miles Bryant is. Marcus Jones is in the slot. Miles Bryant is. It's just kind of like, it's just strange. It just came out of nowhere. And it was one of those things that like, he went from being such a lock for, for a starter that he didn't play in the first preseason game to like, then he was playing in the third and fourth quarter in the second preseason game. And he's, <laughs> he's repping with the backups. It just, it's very strange. Yeah. And the other thing that's totally possible in all of this is that Tavai and Bryant, who have been repping with the ones for the past two weeks, are getting those looks because Bill wants to see what they have in joint practices. He wants to put them in these looks, and he's going to f- figure out after the fact if they're going to make the roster. He could be in that position because he is on the bubble, and Marcus Jones could be where he is because he is that safe, and he's been playing that well. Yeah. Also, and that, corners, that's very possible, too. Yeah. Corners take time to adjust, too. So... Marcus Jones being your fourth corner and your backup slot guy, he's still going to get a lot of playing time in that role. Very true. Yep, very true. Uh, no, it's a good point. It's a good point. And the other thing, too, is that a guy like Tavai and a guy like, um, you know, Bryant could be guys that they trade, right? They could be, hey, we're going to cut this guy. Do you want him? Hey, look how well he played in the preseason. He can return punts. He can, you know, he's a good slot corner. Like, so, so you know, that's, that's also a possibility as well. Of course, you're, if you're, you know, if you're showcasing Jelani Tavai, it's not a great idea to leave him one-on-one against a tight end to give up a 40-yard pass. But, I mean, you know, what are you going to do? Um, yeah, and we'll see We'll see what happens if the starters end up playing. Um, yeah. One of the things, I don't know how much you want to talk about the matchups of this game, but if they're playing starters, what what happens with Darren Waller? How do the, how do the Pats attack that, especially with the matchup they're going to have week one with Gasicki? Yep. Um, and, I mean, they could have... Duggar on them. Uh, I, I actually saw an interview that Waller did recently where he was asked uh, how, how he thought he would do, or like, he was asked if there's any linebacker he's ever gone up against in the NFL where he's like, that's, that's a good dude. This is a guy who, who can cover me. And he said, no. He said he hasn't he hasn't gone against a linebacker in coverage in years. So if they're putting Devi on him, something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they're Jesus also playing Christ, the Raiders this season. So I don't think right. we're going to see anything schematically. We're, I, I would agree be, with that. No, I would agree with that. You know, you're not going to kind of tip your hand. At, and and look, I mean, you know, just to get into the game a little bit, we don't want to talk about it too much because it's a preseason game. So, like, you don't really care about too much of it. But I will say, joint practices, they got smoked, right? They got smoked in one-on-ones. You can't cover, you know, they couldn't cover Devontae Adams. They couldn't cover Hunter, Hunter Renfro. They couldn't cover Darren Waller. Like, yeah, you think? Like, it doesn't matter who they freaking play. You can't, like, who the hell, what corner in the league can can stick with Devontae Adams one-on-one? It's just, like, that in doesn't a, happen. In a practice drill, too, where you don't right. have to worry about situations and you don't have to worry about pass rush on the quarterback. Exactly. You don't have a tell on what he's going to do based on scheme. It's just right. pure route running. I mean, what? There might be five, might be five corners in the NFL who could go 50-50 consistently with Devonte Adams in that position. Right. And so that's that's kind of the thing for me. And look, I'll tell you what, man. I tweeted this out today, but <sighs> Okay, we all know Nikhil Harry terrible pick. We all know this. We all know it was bad, right? And everyone talks about AJ Brown and DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel and listen, Rightfully so. I'm not saying that any of those people are wrong. I'm not saying that that's not true. I, I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. However, what I am saying is that that is not where they missed out the most. Okay. And let me just read this to you because I because it's just it's sickening really when you look at it. Hunter Renfro was drafted in the fifth round in twenty in twenty nineteen. 
fifth round in 2019. The Patriot, the players that the Patriots selected. Oh, by the way, Hunter Renfro, if you were to go into a science laboratory and build a wide receiver for the New England Patriots, it would be Hunter Renfro. Like it, it would be. If you told me that Hunter Renfro was playing in Boston, I would not have thought it was the outfielder. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> So, so anyway, so the, the players they drafted, instead of drafting Hunter Renfro, Nikhil Harry, Joe Juan Williams, Chase Winovich, Damian Harris, okay, still that. not, but okay, Yodney Kajust, Jalte Froholt, and Jared oh, Stidham. Y- Yelda Froholt. That's, I had to learn that pronunciation. Yelda? Yeah, Yelda Froholt. Damn, what was Zelda going on over there? Nevertheless, yeah, no, that's a it's a who's who of guys you don't want to draft. I mean, that's seven. They had seven chances and they didn't take him. And it's like he's the guy. And I know I get Edelman was still on the team. I get that. But like, what the hell are we doing? That's the guy. That's the guy. He plays the position. He's the guy. Like, and it's you know, I understand, like, you can't just fit a guy in there. And it's funny, that was, like, my argument against Mac Jones last year was, like, okay, you have Brady. Now you're just going to replace him with Brady, but, like, a lesser version of Brady? That guy could never be Brady. Like, and, and he's not going to be Brady. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's like, okay, we have Edelman. We can't just replace him with Edelman. Like, okay, fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, the guy runs sickening. His route running is sickening. Like, he he has that quickness that Edelman and Welker and those guys had where he just breaks off those routes instantaneously. And he's all of a sudden he's going in the other direction and, and the D backs like, what, how did he get over there? You know? And so like that, Oh, it's so frustrating because that's the exact type of guy. And like to draft him in the fourth round, I just don't, I don't, Oh God. It just, it makes me sick. Like thinking about it. I'm like, Oh my, I like realized last night that he was drafted in the fifth round of 2019. And I was like, Oh my God, that, that draft was so bad. And I'm like looking back and I'm like, Oh my God, it's so, it's so bad. And it's just yeah, like, it's, you know, and it's the first, yeah. And there's, you can go back and redo that draft so many different ways. I will say at least they got Jacoby Myers. It was That's undrafted. Very That's but, very true. Which is to this day. One thing that still shocks me, I watched his tape and I was like, oh, this is a fifth rounder. This is a guy who should be able to step in right away. and be a decent player. He might never be anything more than a third receiver, but, he clearly can play the position. Right. 100%. For him to go undrafted to me was a shock. And once we picked him up, that was like, all right, well, this guy's gonna make the team. Correct. But yep. But, Correct. but the rest of that is yeah. So but uh, Renfro, yeah, everything about Renfro's scream is pats. And we'll see how they defend him if they play this time, how these guys are able to handle this position and kind of yeah. not one on ones. We saw Jalen Mills did get a PBU against Devontae Adams one on one. Yeah, so she tweeted that. I, I actually just saw that. Yeah, so, so that's something. It's yeah, more it than you or I could get. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Look at this. Look at the random trivia trivia by Team Crazy Matt. Jacoby Myers is the first player wearing number 16 to catch a pass from Tom Brady. Look at that. Look at that. All the years Tom Brady played, no receiver ever played, ever wore 16. That's fascinating. Uh, by the way, just I'm trying I, to think of who did wear 16 for the Bats. Scott Zolak. <laughs> Other than Zolak, I don't know if anyone wore 16. Um, I have to do a little research here while you talk then. By the way, that is not I, – I don't know for sure that that's true, but I'm just trusting Team Crazy Matt that he understands and knows, and knows that's true. I believe it. So, um, all right, someone just tweeted this out, and I don't want to get too far into it. I'm not going to do it, but but 
I will say. Um, oh, Kamar Aiken, maybe. You might be right. Kamar Aiken never had a catch in New England. There you go. Uh, this Tim Graham guy, I don't know who he is, but uh, Tim Graham is, it looks like he is a uh, some sort of reporter from Buffalo. 40, 41,000 followers. He's verified. Source tells me the Bills were made aware of the accusations against Matt Ariza last month. Yeah. They did not know when they drafted him, but they did know when they cut Matt Hack on Monday. Ariza traveled with the team to Carolina and is expected to play tomorrow night. Yikes. Yeah. I will, for the moment, I will give the, until we know more, I'll give the benefit of the doubt and say maybe they were told and they had some, in their eyes, valid reason to believe that it wasn't true. But given what we've seen unfold in Cleveland, right down the right, right in another Great Lake over there. Yep. It's hard to believe anything other than, well, he's good at football and we thought we weren't going to get caught. Yeah. It just, it's just, yeah. Man. What's the quote that Haslam had about Deshaun Watson? He's 25 like, or he's 26 and he's a good yeah, he's football a, he's player. He's 25 and he's a great, he's a great quarterback. And it's like, man, you just... That, neither of those was ever in, in dispute here. It was not. No, it was not. No one's asking for his birth certificate. Nobody says he's not good at football. It's just like, Sean we just kind of don't want... if a different age, we wouldn't be... It wouldn't change anything about it. It certainly wouldn't. It's a, The only difference is that, and this is what I said all along, you know, when you look at someone like Ray Rice, and then you look at someone like Kareem Hunt, the only reason Ray Rice isn't in the league and Kareem Hunt is in the league is because Ray Rice couldn't play anymore. That simple. Ray that, Rice is breaking went, down. He, and he went against the owners at one point. That's very true. But also, be, I think the biggest yeah. the biggest reason for me is because couldn't play anymore. He just he was fine, but he wasn't a game-breaking player, whereas Kareem Hunt is. And yeah. so you say, okay, sure, we'll take a chance on him. Oh, uh, you know, is it? Yeah. The same thing probably goes for Colin Kaepernick, too. Yep. By yep. the time by the time things get resolved, the guy's old enough that you can say, "Well, he's not that right. good. He's not worth taking the risk." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, was he benched for Blaine Gabbert? Like, eh, maybe he's not the guy. You know, so yeah, Which it's just I, you know, I would not, yeah, I would not be shocked if things change between now and the game tomorrow for the Bills. Uh, now that this is a lawsuit filed publicly and and all of that, and there's a PR right. aspect to it, certainly possible. And it, and I look at like the way the Pats handled the Aaron Hernandez situation was the allegations came out and they said, what well, once we know more, right. we'll, we'll do something. It took them, what, three days to learn more facts of the case? And yeah, gone. and then they cut him in. Yeah, so, but we'll see. Anyways, that's the darker side of football. But, man, it's just, it's tough. And you know that happens. The hard thing is that we know that happens. You know what happens. You know it gets shoved under the rug. And it's like, that's the stuff that drives you crazy because you're like, man, I you see. just can't. It's just, ugh, it makes me sick. But I saw I saw some stat earlier about how I think 16 percent of students at San Diego State said that they have been sexually harassed or assaulted. Yeah, I, I'm so actually it, I'm surprised at that number so low, to be completely honest with you. I yeah. just like I, because this is what happens and then it gets swept under the rug and there's no proof. And it's then it turns in. And it, it, I don't even want to go down this road, but it turns into what he said, she said. And then you're you know, you're one of those things sc- that. That like, you know, oh, well, you know, we did, did it happen? Did it not happen? Do we know if it happened? Then it's like, and then someone saw it, but then they won't say anything that they saw it. And then it, and then it just ends up going away. Right. And so it's like, that's, that's the hard part, you know? 
Yeah, I will say with the the facts of this case that have come out so far, seems like the the woman that came forward got a rape kit done immediately. Yeah, and went to the police immediately. Things are documented. They have phone calls with all of the alleged victims, uh, not not victims, uh, people allegedly yeah. did this. Right, and they collected a lot of evidence from the start. I don't right. know where the police investigation is. I'm not going to comment on anything like that. But I no, think, of course, but that we should have a lot more information than a he said, she said in this case, which is just that's that's always good. Right, hundred <laughs> percent. Information you have the better. Uh, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. So, Go, going back to a lighter note here, I have yeah. the list of all the players that have worn sixteen in Let's New see. England. Let's get it. There are only five of them. Oh, baby. And we've already named three in Jacoby Myers, Scott Zolak, and Kamar Aiken. You you should be able to... I'll, the other two are both quarterbacks. I want to see if you can guess who they are. Oh, both quarterbacks. Uh, did Damon Hewitt wear 16? No, he wore 10. No, he was 19. 19. Uh, quarterback, quarterbacks. Oh, my God. The problem is, well, is like they've had a billion quarterbacks. Um. When do they play? For one, for I mean, one of them played. Oh, in the oh, you mean like forever? Oh, Jim Plunkett was sixteen. Team Crazy Man said that. Yep. But the other uh, one's recent. The other one's recent. It's um, in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which I completely shoot. forgot. I couldn't have pictured. I, I was. I, I could not. Was it Vinny? Was it Vinny T? No. Oh, Vinny T. No, Jacoby Biscuits was definitely wasn't. Was it Brissett? Was it? It wasn't Brissett. He was seven. Someone guess uh, Ryan Mallett. Here, I'll give you this. He started 15 games in New England in the 2000s. What? Oh, so this Matt Castle. So yep. Matt Castle. <laughs> okay. Oh, Team Crazy Matt had that one too. It was Matt Castle. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. So I that would I would assume that 16. means Jacoby Myers is the only 16 to ever catch a touchdown in New England, unless yeah. Plunkett did it at some point. You never know. Yeah, it's interesting. It's very he almost he almost didn't either. <laughs> Jacoby. So oh, but uh yeah, that's very interesting. That's a great piece of trivia right there. I like that. I mean, that's think about all the years that Brady played and to to have one guy catch a pass from wearing 16. Now, I don't know if he's had anyone I don't know if he's had anyone in, in Tampa or not, but it would be fascinating if if Jacoby was the only player who wore 16 to catch a pass from. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be like a pretty it's like such a weird random stat, but it'd be pretty cool. Yeah. I do know there's somebody on uh... Dang it, Brashard Perryman. Oh, Team Crazy sure. Matt. Team Crazy Matt's just yeah. like he's he's our this he's is... our fat guy. We got a Matt coming for my job here. <laughs> Matt on Matt violence. Oh, first touchdown to a guy wearing number 16. That's right, because because yeah. Jacoby yeah. didn't catch touchdown pass till it was Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, what was I what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought there. Yeah, well, that's the way it goes. Sometimes that's what happens. Um, I'm sure I'm going to remember it immediately after this message. 100%. That's okay. That's all right. We can talk about it tomorrow on our uh, – oh, tomorrow night. Just in case you guys are wondering tomorrow night or tonight, yeah. if you're listening in podcast form, uh, we will have an instant reaction um, to the game on Friday night. So I remember I remember what I was going to say there's a Reddit user who put together a compilation of every of Tom Brady's first touchdown pass to every player oh he's ever thrown Lord. a touchdown pass to. That's so good. Which has a couple of real grainy, grainy videos. Oh, sure. There's yeah. one of them. 
uh, some tight ends in 06 against Jacksonville, I think, was one of them where there isn't even full footage of that game available on the Internet. They found the <laughs> clip somewhere. And yeah, which I don't know the last time this video was updated. The last time I saw it was when Brady was still in New England. I'll see if I can find that somewhere. But unbelievable. That's fantastic. Right there. No, oh, David Thomas teams crazy, man. Bro, That's I don't it. know why. <laughs> this this man, dude, I, I'm I'm not entirely convinced it's not you over there uh, testing texting you see, on Twitch. See me typing away. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I've been corrected that Jacoby Myers' first touchdown was not from Cam Newton, but actually from Brian Hoyer, uh, which is factual in the Cleveland game. Yeah. in the Cleveland game. Yes. Um, nevertheless, so. Oh, apparently he keeps a spreadsheet with info about all of the Brady TD receivers. I mean, you need people like this in your life. This is why we do this, this with amazing. the with the comments on because we need people like, and I he is actually crazy. We need it. Yep, we do. If you, got a, if you got a link to this document, I'd love to see it. I know, right? I know. So, uh, anyways, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Nothing, nothing yeah. else. Listen, listen. The game's gonna be interesting tomorrow play, night, but there's not much we can do with that. And me. that's, I mean, honestly, it's like at this point. Yeah, okay, we know who the starters are going to be. Obviously, there's a question. I guess we can, you know, we, you mentioned it a little bit. Isaiah Wynn, will he get traded? Will he not get traded? He hasn't played in two weeks. So, like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's not healthy. I mean, obviously, he's not healthy right now. But, I, you know, what's his availability going to be like for the season? Is he going to get moved? Are they not playing him because they're trying to trade him? Like, I, nobody knows any of this stuff, right? And and Justin Haran um, is not the answer at right tackle, right? Just is playing fine, but it's just, it's hard. So uh, yeah, I I think we you know we're gonna have question marks there even after the preseason game and right. probably after cuts too. So. Yeah, I think so too. I I I will say I liked what I've seen from Chase and Hines so far. Um, I think he's he's a pretty good player and um, right. uh, and the backup center. What the hell is his name? Cody, Cody Rusty. Rusty. Yeah, yeah. Thank but you. Mike uh, Reese had good things to say about him and uh, William Sherman for yeah. uh, the guy we drafted from Colorado last year. Right, right. And so, you know, the, those are the things um, that I've seen. So, you know, we'll see. But uh, but we'll, that's what we got. Oh, Team Crazy Mass trying to drop his link in the Twitch chat. I don't know if I, I can't. I won't be able to click to it. Send my, me a, my DM. Yeah, my DMs are open. Send it to me. <laughs> yep. Mine as well if you're on Twitter. Got, yeah, I got my handle right up there. Send that over and I'll look at it. Okay, yeah, I'll yeah. retweet it for you. I'll give you a shout out. Ah, uh, yeah. See, that's the type of stuff we like around here. So... But anyways, but the offensive line is gonna be interesting to see. I mean, you know, at this point, we don't even know who the backups are gonna be. I, you know, I hope it's not gonna be James Ferentz. <laughs> it's not gonna be Drew Desjardins or whatever. You know, whatever his last name is, CFL that guy, guy stinks. Um, and so you know, you kind of you kind of have the idea of who it isn't going to be. We're just not really sure um, who it is going to be. So yeah. well, that's gonna well, be look for someone. Yeah, we need somebody to start winning some of these some of these jobs. Right. This will happen tomorrow night, and it also. So? You would think so, yeah. Yeah, and that's what well, after this week. There's nothing open to the the media for practice, right? Nothing. Everything's closed. No. Nope. Yeah, which is probably when Bill start gonna he's gonna start making his real decisions then. <laughs> right. Yeah, and that's when you'll see like when the when the ones play with the ones. That's when it will be right. If Marcus Jones is a starting corner, starting slot corner, that's when it'll start being the starting slot corner. Is when is when there's no media there. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah. Anyways, that's that does it for us. Enjoy the game Friday night. We'll be with you. Uh, Friday night after the game to do an instant reaction like we have been on all the preseason games, and hopefully that will continue throughout the season. We got to work out some of the uh, some of the logistics with the rest of the podcasters on the team, but uh, but that's the plan. 
at least uh, at least for now. Certainly the away games, home games are tough because I'm at the home games. Um, but uh, but certainly the away games, we'll, we'll be trying to do that. So, anyways, thanks for thanks for listening for uh, for me and my now permanent co-host Matt Saint Jean. Have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon.